I'm Sharon Batters, and you are listening to the Daily Treasure Podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And I'm so glad that you have joined us for this series that we're calling The Valley of Tears. We are going to be camped out in Psalm 84, but before we really dig into those verses, we're taking a look at the sons of Korah because this psalm was written for the sons of Korah or by the sons of Korah. And knowing their history is going to open up even more the treasures that we find in Psalm 84. So today's devotional is called Tranquility and Patience Under Trials. And today's treasure is from Numbers 16.4, When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. Moses responds to the allegations of Korah first with grief and then instructions on how to resolve this conflict as we read in Numbers 16, verses 4-7. through When Moses heard it, he fell on his face, and he said to Korah and all his company, In the morning the Lord will show who is his, and who is holy, and will bring him near to him. The one whom he chooses he will bring near to him. Do this. Take censers, Korah and all his company, Put fire in them, and put incense on them before the Lord tomorrow, and the man whom the Lord chooses shall be the Holy One. You have gone too far, sons of Levi. Moses' initial response sticks in my mind. These men publicly confronted him with the goal of humiliating their leader. Yet Moses does not react defensively or angrily. He falls on his face before the Lord. Moses' response is cause for pause. He fell on his face. Moses did not respond with defensiveness, but humility. Implied in his posture is he immediately turned to the Lord in prayer to discern God's perspective on their angry words. This is not the first time we see Moses react to life with humbleness. In fact, Scripture declares in Numbers 12, verse 3, Now Moses was a very humble man, more so than any other man on earth. When we think of a humble person, we imagine someone standing on the sidelines, deferring to others. The Hebrew word for humble is spelled A-N-A-Y-V and seems to align with this thought. Throughout scripture, this word describes people with a subservient attitude versus arrogance. Used in this way, A humble person places themselves second and under the authority of others. Moses was the greatest prophet who ever lived, as we read in Deuteronomy 3.10, but also more humble than any other man on earth. He was the God-appointed leader of the Israelites. He led the Israelites out of Egypt, saw the destruction of Pharaoh and his army, judged conflicts, put down insurrection, as we see in the story of the Kohathites, and sent armies into battle. This is not a man shrinking into the sidelines of life. The writers of Scripture could have used many words to describe him, but God led them to choose humble. Why? He placed himself second to Jehovah and submitted to Jehovah's authority. A few months ago, I chose humility or humbleness as my word for the year. It was not an easy choice because I know how prideful and defensive I am. We don't get what we want. We are passed over. Our work is not acknowledged. Friends betray us. So asking the Lord to cultivate humility in my heart felt risky and a little scary. 
until I saw Moses react with humility to the Kohathites. This most humble man on earth led with humility because of his intimacy with Yahweh. How else could he lead the Israelites, people who often acted like immature teenagers, with any peace or courage unless he looked to Yahweh for wisdom? According to Easton's 1897 dictionary, humility is a prominent Christian grace. It is a state of mind well-pleasing to God. It preserves the soul in tranquility and makes us patient under trials. Let me read that second half again because it really moved me the first time I heard these words. Humility preserves the soul in tranquility and makes us patient under trials. Think about it. When we are humble, we experience a soul in tranquility and patience under trials. Isn't this what we all seek? Humility is the opposite of pride. Wisdom and grace push out pride or arrogance, self-importance, ego, the priority of me. God's word has much to say about humility, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 5. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs eleven two. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. Psalm 25, 9. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 15, 33. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8. Since choosing humility as my word for this year, God is gracing me with the opportunity to experience humility instead of conjuring up ill motives on the part of others, to seek forgiveness when my pride hurts a friend, to trust that the Lord has already gifted me with everything I need to meet the needs of each day. Slowly, I am recognizing a peacefulness and patience flowing from this confidence. Humility through Him makes me peaceful and patient in ways I could never have created by myself. Humility truly does preserve the soul in tranquility and makes us patient under trials. God continues to reveal my prideful heart, but having humility as my word intentionally confronts me with a choice to respond with repentance and gratitude that my days are in His hands and He will provide whatever I need to reflect His glory. I am so thankful. He gives more grace just when I need it. What is your word for the year? And, O Father, I thank you for this story of the sons of Korah, and I thank you that Moses fell on his face immediately, and then you gave him the direction, the wisdom for how to respond to these evil men. I pray, Father, that you will teach us the joy of humility, of how that humility will preserve our souls in tranquility and make us patient under trials. Well, friends, it's Saturday, and I hope that you're thinking about church tomorrow, that you're not going to neglect gathering together 
with those who love the Lord. And this is especially poignant for me as I think about the conversation that our son Chuck and I had. He turned the tables on me and interviewed me for our Help and Hope podcast. And we focused on my book, Treasures in Darkness. And every time I am asked about grieving, the topic of where God keeps his promises always comes up. And I firmly believe that he keeps many of his promises within the context of our church family or our covenant family. And so I want to encourage you to don't give up, even though you may have been hurt, feel betrayed, someone has let you down. Rem- remember, the last prayer of Jesus was for us to be one. And so be sure to join with your covenant family tomorrow. And as I think about that, I also want to encourage you to check out this conversation, this Help and Hope podcast, where our son Chuck turned the tables on me and interviewed me about a grieving mother shares her heart. Uh, the book, Treasures in Darkness, contains many, many of my journal entries, and those journal entries are transparent and intimate. And they give permission for questions to go deeper into my journey. And I so appreciate Chuck's wisdom and his tenderness as we talked about the death of our son, Mark. So make sure you go to helpandhopenow.org, click the Help and Hope link where you're going to find this, what I consider a very poignant and moving conversation with our son, Chuck, about the death of our son, Mark. I'm Sharon Betters. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope that you will be joining your congregation tomorrow.